Hello, and welcome to Seroptimus International Voices, where we give a global voice to women and girls. SI Voices is a space where women's stories and issues are heard as we celebrate 100 years of our remarkable organization. We will reveal and rediscover the history of our global movement while educating and informing on many of the key challenges affecting women and girls today. Welcome to SI Voices. I'm Liz Batten, a seroptimist from Salisbury in the UK. April marks UN World Health Day, and it seemed an appropriate time to take a look at where the world is now, as we are hopefully beginning to come out of this awful pandemic that has hit all corners of our globe. It seemed a great opportunity to catch up with a dear friend of mine from way down under in Tasmania, Dr. Jane Zimmerman, who I have known for many years uh, at the time when she was international president. Welcome, Jane. It's lovely to talk to you. Thank you very much, Liz, and it's great to talk to you as well. I want to talk a bit about the theme of world health, but I think no better person to talk to than someone who's got huge experience as a medical doctor. Um, I know you did spend some time in the Flying Doctors. Perhaps you could tell us a little bit about your career as a as a medic way down in Tasmania. Uh, well, it's been oh almost 40 years since I came here. And um, I live in a small town, and it's sort of a rural small town. Uh, and there is another small town that's just across the river from where I live. And um, their town council back in 1996 decided they needed a female doctor to do women's health. And so I volunteered to do it. And then in about 2001, 2002, the Royal Flying Doctor Corps uh, decided they would sponsor women's health clinics in both Tasmania and in the state of Victoria. Now, the Royal Flying Doctor Corps is used all over Australia. Uh, mainly people would know it because they fly people from the outback into the cities to, if they have a medical emergency. Um, I didn't really fly very much. I drove my car across the bridge to the other side of the river. I did do some flying to one of the islands in the northwest of Tasmania uh, and did that until about the year 2018, 2017. And it gave me a, a different perspective on health for women in smaller areas where there aren't lady doctors. Yes, because that's a very interesting point, isn't it? Do you think that the effect of COVID has been greater, particularly on women living in rural areas and in small communities like that, isolated communities? I, th I think it's been hard on women everywhere, to be perfectly honest. Um, I think sometimes in small communities, you actually find that the women are more visible and they actually have uh, more people around them who will assist. Now, if you're getting out into the country, then they are really isolated. and uh, But they're probably no more isolated than they normally are. Uh, if you live, you know, 100 kilometers from your nearest health, it's not going to be different if you are actually uh, under COVID or under normal circumstances as far as your access is concerned. Uh, however, I think with COVID, 
maybe you're a bit more protected because you're not in the middle of a city where the pandemic is raging. So in some ways, women in the rural area have maybe been a bit more fortunate than, than some of our city counterparts. Yes, and I think we've had very different experiences in the different parts of the world that we live in. Um, our experience in Europe and America um, has been quite different, I think, to what you've had uh, in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, quite a different experience, I think. Oh, definitely. I mean, we're we're islands, so we really could shut our borders and and keep our citizens healthy. Now, I must admit, the city of Melbourne in Australia had almost two months of lockdown. So they didn't fare half as well as perhaps a lot of the rest of the country did. Uh, New Zealand did the same thing. They they shut their borders. And to be perfectly honest, we still haven't really opened our borders to the rest of the world. Um, if you do fly in from someplace else, you've got to do the obligatory quarantine and be tested regularly. And uh, so not a lot of people other than those who want to come home um, are actually coming into Australia at the moment. So we're still relatively protected. So as we would say, you, you kind of lifted up the drawbridge and that actually made a lot of sense. It, that's exactly right. Yeah. And I mean, and Tasmania being another island, we even had a, we had a double drawbridge, <laughs> if you want to look at it that way, in the sense that we didn't even let mainland, the minute there was a, a an outbreak anywhere on the mainland, um, we just shut our border and said, no, you can't come in until that little hot spot has been uh, cleared up. So uh, we've been, we haven't had actually an active case uh, community acquired for a year. So, uh, you know, we're, we're just so lucky. Good. Well, I'd love to pay you a visit, but that isn't possible at the moment. So do tell me about how you first got involved in Sir Optimist International and how, when you joined and how you got involved. Basically, uh, there were, uh, uh, was a club in the city near me called Launceston, um, and there was a club there who decided that there were enough women in Georgetown, which is 50 kilometers away, uh, to set up a club. And so in 1982, I became a charter member of the Seroptimus Club in Georgetown. Community service is the thing that I've been really interested in, and I had been looking for some way to do that, uh, but in association with other people who were not medical. You become very narrow uh, sometimes if you only focus on your profession, and it was an ideal chance to work with other people in other professions and businesses and get different aspects and, uh, and perspectives on, on what we were doing as a community service organization, and it just broadened my horizons tremendously. And then, of course, I became involved in the region because, um, well, Tasmania is really small. We've only got a little over 500,000 people. So, you know, you can be a big frog in a small pond quite quickly because you're pretty visible. And, uh, and, and we had a, a mentor in, in Tasmania, uh, a lady called Elaine Piggott, who was our extension person. And she believed that you, if you had a new club, you didn't pamper them. You made them get out there and do some work. So we were chartered in 1982, and we took on region presidency, and I became region secretary in 1983. So uh, it was a fast learning curve, but it was the best thing, it's the best way to get involved. 
And from Southwest Pacific, you went on, of course, to be president of Stroptimist International from 1999 to 2001. Um, I remember that one of your president's appeals was legacy of learning. That must have been a highlight for you. Definitely legacy of learning, uh, because I got to meet the people that we were helping. And that that is just it's so much easier and better than just sending money someplace and getting reports. Um, I had over 700 young girls in Inner Mongolia that graduated and got an extra three years of schooling after their preliminary six years. And some of them turned out to be the brightest in the class. Uh, and, and to meet their mothers, because their mothers, one mother said to me, I knew I was as bright as my brother but I couldn't go to school. So my daughter is getting the chance that I didn't have. And some of them turned out to be so bright that we sponsored uh, and uh, we were working with the All China Women's Federation and they also sponsored a lot of these really bright girls to go off to university. So it just it was just amazing. So that, that real life experience of meeting the people that you've helped is, was just magic for me. We've had so many great projects, and I, that was one I remember was was particularly wonderful. Um, I remember you as a as a great leader, as an international president. We met not long before you were you took over the presidency, and I always remember something you said to me was that we're not a political organisation, but seroptimists have to be political with a small p, and it's something that I've repeated time and again because often people say you can't get involved in politics, but you can and you have to without being party political, and that's what I took from you. So I'm going to say, don't you think, with our small p political hats on, that some of the women leaders that have led countries during the pandemic have done remarkably better. I'm thinking in particular of New Zealand, of course, close to you, but there's Taiwan and Norway, Iceland, Denmark, Finland. I could reel off a whole long list. But do you agree with me that actually we need strong women in leadership like like you were and like they are? I totally agree. In fact, we need women in decision making full stop uh, because we bring a different perspective to things. Um, and I think we can see above the party political and look at policy and implement policies in a way that the public will accept. Basically, I think it's just the different perspective that we bring to, to problem solving, full stop. And, you know, half of the population is being wasted if women are not involved in decision making. doesn't matter whether it's COVID or what it is. We have to have women there. And, uh, and, and we don't need high-flying women. We need everyday women who can work at community level, see what the problems are, and make sensible suggestions uh, on policy. And I remember hearing at the UN that when they did get women at the decision makers table um, post-conflict often, the women would be saying, when's the water going to be switched back on? When's the electricity going to be switched back? They may, as you say, they, they ask for the practical, sensible decisions to be made. Well, we think about people, I think, you know, as opposed to position and power. Uh, I mean, not all women do that. We get lots of women who are power hungry as well, but not to the same extent. So we ought to get back to COVID. I think one of the issues that I, I see in sharp relief is the mental health impact. 
Um, and I think that that has impacted on women specifically, where they've had additional burdens of unpaid caring work. Um, a lot of women, of course, are frontline workers, either in social care or health care. And they've been schooling their children often. If they've not been able to go to school, they've been at home, perhaps while trying to hold down a job and work from home. And of course, we've seen an increase in gender-based violence, which has been most alarming, where often women maybe can't get out of a, a situation or a relationship because of lockdowns around the world. So I think the effects on women's mental health is, is going to be something we've really got to focus on in, in coming months and years. So what can we as seroptimists do and, and, and women who are perhaps not seroptimists but would like to help join us, what can we do? Um, obviously, lobbying governments is an issue. How can we build back better, in the words of the UN, uh, post-pandemic? Do you have any thoughts on that? Look, I'm I'm a firm believer in in the old-fashioned grassroots. Um, I think women in their local community can see where the needs are. They can work out strategies and then compare, particularly as seroptimists, if we share what we find uh, with other seroptimists and say, well, look, this was the problem in our community. This is how we worked on it. You might like to try this method. and But lobbying and advocacy is going to be hugely important uh, to, I mean, this pandemic has only exacerbated pre-existing inequalities. Uh, and we've been working on those inequalities, not just gender-wise, but financially, and not just within countries, but between countries. And those things have just become so much more evident and, and so much worse that we really must work together to actually influence the decision makers, but to become the decision makers to make sure that this can be uh, rectified. Yes, you're absolutely right. Take our place at the table and hold the ladder steady for the women to come behind us and help. And gender parity, which I gather has taken a step back as a result of the pandemic in just about every country of the world. So we really need to be lobbying for that change to come and to come quickly. Definitely. And and, and I think and think getting us into decision making. So we've got to, in our own community, not be afraid to blow our own trumpet. I mean, sometimes we just step back and say, oh, little old me, I couldn't possibly do that. Well, you can. And and I think we have to now sort of, uh, you know, get, become a brass band for seroptimists because we really do need to make some noise and, and not just seroptimists, women in general. And I remember you always being the one. I don't think you were a shrinking violet. You stepped forward and showed us leadership. And I know many of us value that so much. Uh, so thank you for all you've done for our organisation over the years. Thank you for all you've done for women and, and obviously all that you've done within Seroptimist International. It's lovely to talk to you again and to catch up over all these miles. Um, and I hope you're staying well and staying safe. And I hope we catch up again soon as we can start flying places, Jane. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. But isn't it wonderful to be able to do even Skyping or Zooming or whatever we do? I mean, just think how bad it would have been if we hadn't been able to make contact with people that we know and love. So thank you for giving me the opportunity. Yeah, and what's been wonderful for us is that Seroptimist meetings, we've been able to invite a Seroptimist from around the world to join us on Zoom calls, and we've had some great times. 
So that's been brilliant. It's it's just been fantastic because it's actually brought us in many ways closer together than if we had been flying across the world. So it's been it's been lovely. We've been connected, haven't we, worldwide? Thank you so much, Jane. Lovely. Thank you very much. It's been a delight. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from SI Voices and tune in soon to hear the next one. Thank you. Goodbye. You've been listening to SI Voices, a podcast hosted by Seroptimist International. Follow us on social media for our latest news and updates at Seroptimist Global on Facebook and Instagram and at Seroptitweet on Twitter. You can also check out our website, seroptimistinternational.org. Please join us next time on SI Voices.